We are in our second study in the book of Proverbs, and I'm excited about this study. The promised rewards of studying uh, Proverbs are great. We're going to look at some of those today. And so uh, I, I'm excited. I just think that the end result of this study is going to be an incredible, incredible benefit to your life and to mine. So um, let's jump in today. And uh, before we do, let's pray and just ask God to be part of this study today. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the book of Proverbs, something quite different than what we normally read, and yet something promising great riches to those that will take the time to search. And uh, so help us to do that. Help us to get involved, and we pray for the help of your Holy Spirit today to bring to our mind the things that need to come there and to give us wisdom in our study. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, we began our study by looking at the book of Proverbs overall, and verses 1 through 7 of chapter 1 give a good um, introduction to the book of Proverbs. You'll remember that Solomon talked about the Proverbs and the writings that that he was inspired to write. Um, They were meant to impart wisdom and instruction. So um, to help us not only in how we think, but how we act. They were designed for people that were young and simple, as well as people who were wise and learned. And so the book of Proverbs has a great span in terms of um, experience with the Lord. Um, and then the, the last thing that we covered last week was that the foundational principle of the book of Proverbs is this phrase, the fear of the Lord. In verse 7, Solomon says, um, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that the beginning of knowledge, uh, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then later in the book of Proverbs in chapter 9, verse 10, he says a, a similar thing. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so um, the fear of the Lord is a very important concept to everything that we will study. We talked about what that meant last week, that it's not fear of someone doing harm to you. Uh, I remember a, a bully who lived along the route that I had to walk home from school. And I used to be afraid to go by his house because I was afraid he'd come out and, and uh, beat on me. But uh, we're not talking about that kind of fear. We're talking about a fear that, um, yes, would be afraid of the consequences of going against the will of God, but also uh, the fear is a a high degree of respect. Um, There's a a phrase also in Scripture that uses this phrase, um, those who tremble at his word. In, um, in the book of Isaiah, verse 2 of chapter 66, God says that he favors those who tremble at his word. And so that's, that's a person who is not afraid of God's word, but is respectful of it and afraid to go against it because knowing the consequences would be great. And uh, we need to have that healthy respect for God and for his word. 
And that's, that's a foundation to the book of Proverbs. Well, in the next two weeks, we're, we are going to cover nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. I've thought about spending a longer time there, but I would like for us to get into what, are, what I would call classical Proverbs, the pithy statements that are usually in two lines and um, have to do with uh, how we can live a, a wise life, and a good life, and contrasting that with uh, the opposite. So we will get to that uh, two weeks hence, but in the next two weeks, I'd like for us to stay in the first nine chapters today, uh, talking primarily about the whole subject of wisdom, and then next week dealing with um, what folly offers up, and that is um, ill-gotten gain and... uh, sexual fulfillment outside of marriage. And so uh, we will deal with those topics. Uh, Today, again, our focus is on wisdom itself. And here's here's an assignment for you before we even begin. And that is to read through uh, chapters 1 through 9 in one sitting. And uh, to do that right away after we're done. And then... In the middle of the week, do it again. Read through chapters 1 through 9 in one sitting, and then do it again at the end of the week before you're ready to watch the next uh, lesson that will be presented. So three times this week to read through the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. I think that will be a great benefit. And if you are wanting to use Proverbs as your devotional time, Uh, for the next few weeks, use the other days where you're not reading straight through in one sitting to pick out topics within the first nine chapters of Proverbs to study and to do uh, word searches or just to meditate on uh, what God is saying there. All right? Well, let's get started. And uh, today, we're going to focus primarily on chapter eight of Proverbs. Um. Wisdom is dealt with in every chapter of uh, these first nine chapters, but it's given its most comprehensive treatment in chapter eight. And so we're going to focus on that. We'll make some reference to other chapters. And in in your own reading, you'll notice that chapters one, two, three, four, um, and then chapters eight and nine have a lot to do with wisdom. And then chapters 5, 6, and 7 have a lot to do with uh, particularly uh, staying away from an adulterous woman. And so um, we're going to break all that down. We're going to have a great study. So join me, if you would, in Proverbs 8. Let's begin reading. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Okay, I'm going to pause there for just a minute. 
What we have in these first five verses is a place where we can learn wisdom. It's not a place that we would normally think of, of going to find, say, the word of God or um, his will or even his wisdom. Go back, if you would, to uh, verses two and three, and let's look at those uh, verses. Solomon says, at the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. And who's she? That's referring to wisdom. And then in verse 3, beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. And so wisdom is, is um, calling out to us in the marketplace of life. That's these different places that are referred to in verses 2 and 3. In the marketplace, wisdom is crying out to us. Let me give you an example of what I saw um, which I feel was God's wisdom that I saw in the marketplace in my week, just um, in this week that I've experienced. Um, earlier this week, I went into um, one of the clinics to have uh, blood drawn for a blood test. And it was uh, extremely busy. In fact, it was Monday, and there were way more people there than I had wished. And uh, sure enough, my paperwork had somehow gotten um, lost. And so uh, uh, peop, uh, the, t the technician who was helping me didn't know quite how to process me and had to call on a supervisor. And so I was a little on edge. I had waited quite a while to get to the point of having my blood drawn, and then it couldn't be drawn, and the technician couldn't help. And uh, in walks the supervisor, and uh, she was like total calmness and serenity. Uh, she walked over and she smiled and, and she said, we're going to take care of this for you. So um, uh, I just want to clarify your date of birth and your name. And she did that. And already I was at ease because of her demeanor. And uh, she smiled and left and came back in a reasonable amount of time and uh, we went to another location, and uh, then I finally got to the technician who was going to draw my blood, and she was having trouble on her computer figuring how to, out how to send my information to the doctor. and uh, It just wasn't working well for her, and she was frustrated, and the same supervisor walks over uh, very calmly and very um, uh, affirming to this gal and uh, suggested some things, and uh, it took some time, but we worked through it. And by the time um, I had my blood drawn and walked away, even though I had uh, spent a lot more time there than I wanted to, um, I was at peace. And I noticed that the technician who was having the trouble with the computer uh, was also much more relaxed after the supervisor had spent some time with her. See, that's Wisdom calling out in the marketplace, in this case, in a positive way, giving a positive example of um, what can happen when a person um, reacts to stress with kindness and with, with calmness. Um, I learned a great deal that day, and uh, I hope that in some small way I can emulate that person and how she responded to a very difficult, not a huge life-changing thing, but a, um, 
a frustrating thing for me and for the technician that was working with me. So wisdom is calling out all around us, not just in the Bible, but in the actions of people. You can see things that cause other things. And that's, that's God helping us to understand and to have wisdom. Um, there's other things that call out in the marketplace. And so it's important that we don't get all of our wisdom from the marketplace. We need not only the things that we can see in life, but we need the revealed word of God, the inspired word of God to guide us in that process because there's especially one other loud voice that's calling out in the marketplace. I'd like you to go with me to Proverbs 9, 13 through 15. We're going to look at a passage there. The other voice that's calling out is uh, the voice of folly. And folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city. Kind of sounds like wisdom, doesn't it? Calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. And so um, folly is in the marketplace at well, as well, calling out to us and saying, uh, you know, just to be sort of blunt, you know, if you're a man, um, folly is calling out to men, saying, look at somebody else's wife, um, lust after her. Um, folly is calling out to us and saying, um, here's a way to make a quick buck. Here's a way to maybe take advantage of somebody, but it'll be quick money for you. That'll be a good thing. And, and it calls to us and tries to lure us in to things that are not um, godly and in the long run, not even good for us. So we need to be careful. And we need to allow God's word to also guide us as well as what we see with our eyes. It's important that we distinguish between wisdom and folly. And so Solomon helps us in verses 6 through 8. He gives us some things that we can look for to know if it's wisdom or not. And uh, wisdom is actually speaking here in chapter 8. And so wisdom speaks and says, listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. Okay, that gives us um, an assurance that whatever is wisdom will be trustworthy. It will be right. There will be nothing uh, wrong about it. Let's go on. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. Now, let's, let's stop for a minute there. So one of the ways we can tell uh, wisdom from folly is that wisdom will never speak wickedness. And though sometimes we don't always know the end result of what, uh, what a force is trying to lure us into, whether it be wisdom or folly, we, do, we can detect wickedness in the speech. If, um, if there are shady aspects to the thing that is calling to us, it's not wisdom. If there's something deceptive in the thing that we're considering, it's not wisdom, it's folly. We can know that because wisdom detests wickedness. Let's go on to verse eight. All the words of my mouth are just. 
None of them is crooked or perverse. I think you get the point here, is that um, these are some identifiers for us. Um, If there's anything shady, if there's anything deceptive, if there's anything false, um, we need to stay away from it. That is not wisdom. Let's go to verse 10 of chapter 8. Verse 10 and 11 are uh, wonderful verses because they, they give us motivation to, to, uh, to look for wisdom, to listen for wisdom. And here's the motivation. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies. We just make a, a small statement here. Rubies in the ancient world were the most valued gem. Uh, not so much today, I, I would think we would say maybe diamonds, but in the ancient world, the ruby was the most valued gem. And nothing you desire can compare with her. Uh, that's the title of our, our lesson today, is nothing can compare. And um, so wisdom is saying um, nothing can compare with wisdom. Oh, that, that spurs me on. That makes me want to study more and gain wisdom and listen for wisdom and search for it. So uh, let's read one other passage, Proverbs 3, 13 through 18, which is a more expansive um, uh, saying of the very same thing we just read. Blessed are those who find wisdom those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. It sounds like what we just read, doesn't it? It, It's almost word for word at that point. Verse 16, long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Talk about benefits. Talk about um, a guarantee of return. It's in wisdom. Well, let's look at the company that wisdom keeps. Sometimes you can tell a person by the company they keep. And wisdom has friends or has cousins or relatives, and we're going to read about some of those relatives right now. Verse 12, I wisdom dwell together with prudence. Another word for prudence might be good judgment. So I wisdom dwell together with good judgment. I possess knowledge and discretion. Another word for discretion could be, um, oh, I was just thinking of it, discernment. Discernment is the word. So I dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion or discernment. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. So those are the things that, uh, those are the things that wisdom is not related to. Now, let's look at a list of characteristics of wisdom and also benefits of wisdom kind of mixed together. I think you'll find this 
list refreshing from uh, verse 14 through verse 21. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles all who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. Isn't that exciting? Just um, some incredible benefits of wisdom and characteristics of wisdom that help us to identify what it is and what it isn't. And we need that. Now I want to share something with you that was a little bit of a pleasant reminder or an eye-opener for me. I think I remember that this has been stated in Scripture, but to read it today and to read it this past week has been uh, delightful. And here it is. And you may be surprised when you first read it. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Now, who, who's speaking here? It's, it's wisdom. Chapter 8, wisdom is doing all the speaking. So the essence of this is, the Lord brought me wisdom forth as the first of his works before his deeds of, of old. Now, I'm just thinking in my way of thinking, I thought that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then uh, the first of his acts of specific creation after that was um, bringing light into being. Well, wisdom is saying, I was formed before that. And we'll, we'll read more of that here. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. So we believe that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching and reproof and instruction in righteousness. And uh, we believe that this is God's word and that it's true. That wisdom was the first of God's creation. Before he created anything physical, anything that we can see today or put our feet on or look up and see in the sky, uh, he created wisdom. And so wisdom was with him 
in all the works of creation. And you can understand that. Uh, when, you, uh, when you go to Adler Planetarium in Chicago and you learn about the stars and you learn about the universe and the, the depth and the expanse of the universe and yet its precision in the way that planets uh, move and the way that our Earth is suspended in the midst of all that, there had, to be a, there had to be a mind behind that, an incredible mind. And so wisdom was at the side of God as he was creating all of that. He, wisdom was the first of his creation. Well, we're going to pick up verse 32 through 36 right now. And this is wisdom's final appeal and promise. And wisdom says this, Now then, my children... Listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life. I want to read that again. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. We're going to come back to that passage next week and the week after but those who fail to find me harm themselves all who hate me love death all who hate wisdom all who don't have time for wisdom basically love death they're welcoming death to come into their lives well I don't know about you, but this motivates me greatly to, to want wisdom in my life. How do we get wisdom? I want to give you two, two ways to get wisdom. The first way is, is one that goes back to Solomon's own life. Do you remember when he was made king? And uh, after he did some incredible things and had uh, a very... Um, large time of worship for the nation of Israel, um, God spoke to him and said, Solomon, I want to give you something. In fact, I want to give you whatever it is that you request. And so Solomon asked for something. Do you remember what he asked for? He asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern his people. Wisdom and knowledge to govern his people. How did God respond to that? The thing I remember is that God was so impressed with his request that he said, I will give it to you. I will give you wisdom. And even more, because you asked for wisdom, not the defeat of your enemies or great riches, I'm going to give you those things as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal your enemies, and I'm going to give you great wealth. And so God was extremely pleased with his request and he gave him his request and more. So that gives me courage to say, if I want wisdom, I can ask God for it. I can ask God for wisdom. James says that, doesn't, it? doesn't he? In James, um, the writer says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all generously and without reproach and it will be given him. 
And so if we want wisdom, which I'm in that position today, I want wisdom, I'm going to ask God for it. I have the experience of Solomon to encourage me, and I had the passage from James. We'll ask for it. There's another way we get wisdom, and I'd like for us to read a passage, and then we'll make our conclusion on how that is. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 6. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So the essence of that passage is that if we search for wisdom, like searching for hidden treasure, that we will find it, that God will give it to us. He'll lead us to wisdom. So there's the aspect that we really don't do anything for it. We just ask and God gives it. But there's also the, the second part, which is searching for it. And that takes effort and that takes work. And I think both are what we need today. If you're wanting wisdom, Ask God for it by all means and know that he'll give it to you. But also seek for it, search for it like for hidden treasure. Go to any extreme to find it because when you get it, nothing will compare to wisdom in your life. Well, that's where we are today. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about um, the other voice that calls in the marketplace, the voice of folly, and voice of folly calling to young men and to people everywhere um, to go after ill-gotten gain, to take advantage of other people for the sake of personal gain. And we're gonna analyze that and see if that's a wise move or a, a move that would be foolish, okay? Lord, we thank you so much for this study today and give us wisdom as we read. And I pray that you would keep the fire burning in our hearts to uh, seek wisdom and to ask you for wisdom and to make that a, a, a lifelong search of ours. We pray these things in Jesus' name.